there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, guys? Week number 16. We got three weeks left to go here in the regular season. Uh, big matchups. I mean, every matchup starts to weigh more, and it's just so uh, just so that the schedule is falling that uh, just about every game on the schedule these days has some kind of impact in the playoffs or carries some kind of weight as far as draft position goes and, and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's you got the, the Thursday night game tonight between the Rams and the Saints. That's got playoff implications all over it. If the Saints want to stay in the race for the NFC South or actually get back or just make it into the playoffs, period, there's an outside chance now with two 7-7 seven and seven teams that the NFC South being – the worst division in football easily could still send two teams to the playoffs this year. It's crazy. Um, you got the you got Cincinnati and Pittsburgh uh, this weekend. Uh, you've got uh, Indianapolis and Atlanta. That means something for both teams, despite being six and eight. Atlanta still got an outside shot at the division right now because I think next week they play the Saints and the week after they play the Buccaneers or vice versa. They got division games still coming up these last two weeks. Um, let's see, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, that's a big game. Um, and, uh, Kansas City and Vegas, that's more important for Kansas City than it is for Vegas. And, uh, in the pick six, huge games all around San Francisco and Baltimore on Christmas night, Dallas and Miami, Cleveland and Houston, Detroit and Minnesota, all big playoff implications, uh, going on there. And, uh, yeah, if the Vikings went out, they win these next three games, which include two against the Lions. They could be division champs. I mean, that's how that's how all this is going right now. So lots to get to. Let's go ahead and dive right in. This is the Week 16 preview episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase, presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. You know, it's funny, for a season where we felt like this is was an NFL season mired in, in mediocrity, it's making for a really exciting finish. You know, for all the, you know, when we are talking earlier in the season, how in the AFC, you had to go 11 seeds deep in the playoffs before you got to your first 500 uh, team. And in the NFC, as soon as you're outside the playoffs, now you've got nothing but losing teams outside the playoffs, and it's kind of leveling itself out now. It's like in the AFC, it's only two seeds past the uh, past the, the playoffs with the, you know, so the eight and the nine are all seven and seven teams trying to get in uh, to the playoffs uh, and, and things like that. Same thing happening over in the NFC now as well. The Rams are 7-7. Seven and seven. They're in. New Orleans is 7-7. Seven and seven. They're on the outside. So this game that they're playing tonight uh, is going to be huge as far as who gets to make the uh, 
the playoffs because the Rams don't have a snowball's chance in hell of catching the 49ers uh, right now because the Niners clinched the division uh, this past weekend on Sunday. So, you know, and then like I mentioned, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh traded spots in the AFC playoff race uh, over the weekend with Cincy's win over Minnesota, Pittsburgh's loss to Indianapolis. Pittsburgh dropped out of the playoffs entirely, and Cincy went from out to being number six ahead of the Colts. So, yeah, and then the Bills are still at eight and six trying to fight their way in, and basically all they have to do is not mess up because they've got some fairly easy games ahead of them, or at least these next two. They got the Chargers this week. They have the Patriots next week, who they lost to earlier this season, and then you have the – the Miami Dolphins uh, to wrap up the year, the rematch in Miami this time. So, uh, yeah, the Bills are are they're, they're a team that I want to see in the playoffs right now. So I'm really rooting for them because I think that can only mean good things for the AFC playoff race as far as how fun and exciting those games are going to be uh, to watch. But the Bills, every year, good team, bad team, great team, awful team, they always have these losses in there that they can't explain. Right now, they, they have at least two that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. The first one was that loss in, in New England when they lost to the Patriots. They score a game-winning touchdown and then let Mac Jones, of all people, drive down the field for, for their game-winning touchdown, and they lose in New England. And then the Monday night game against uh, the Broncos, where I, I famously said it's not that they couldn't get out of their own way, it's that they wouldn't with the 12 men on field, the pass interference to set up the field goal attempt, the whole nine yards, like those two games right there. If they just win those two games, they're 10 and four and they're in first place in the NFC East ahead of the dolphins because they have the tiebreaker. But it's like those two losses, the teams that they were way better than that's the reason they're eight and six outside of the playoffs, still fighting their way in. So yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the bills to get in because I think they can be a serious problem. Uh, for everyone in the AFC. It's like everyone in the AFC is rooting for the Bills to drop one of these games uh, to the Chargers or the Patriots over the next couple of weeks. That would just make it that much harder for them to get in uh, to the postseason. So, and then you got teams like Indianapolis who are inexplicably 8-6 and six right now. And, and like I mentioned, 6-8 and eight Atlanta is only one game behind New Orleans and Tampa Bay uh, in the NFC South right now. Uh, you know, the, the, the Panthers, uh, play the Packers this weekend. And I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, as much as I hate rooting for the Packers, I'm hoping that they win. So the bears hang on to that number one pick, uh, you know, this season, you know, the bears and the Cardinals play on Sunday and three and 11 and five and nine isn't exactly uh fuel for excitement, but, uh, we'll find a way to, to, to give a shit on Sunday. Uh, just want to see the bears win, man. I really do. So. Anyway, we got tons, uh, tons to talk about. We're going to get through our supersized uh, all-out blitz because, again, there was really only four games that kind of intrigued me as far as going in-depth on the pick six is Detroit at Minnesota, Cleveland at Houston, Dallas at Miami, and Baltimore at San Francisco. I mean, talk about a heavyweight matchup. It's the last game of the week. It's the Christmas night matchup on Monday night. Uh, yeah, it's, that's going uh, to be fun. So uh, let's go ahead and, and get started. And as we do in all of our preview episodes, we begin with the All Out Blitz. Week 16 All Out Blitz. We start on Thursday night football. The Saints at the Rams. 
The Rams have won four of five and currently hold the seventh seed in the NFC, while the Saints need a win to keep pace in the NFC South. I like the Rams. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. The Steelers have lost four of five and appear to be bottoming out, while the Bengals have won three in a row, and a win gets them one step closer to clinching the playoff spot they already have. Give me the Bengals. Buffalo at the Chargers. The Bills are having a late season resurgent after two straight wins, and now is not the time for a miss set. Come on, Buffalo. Win this one for me. Indianapolis at Atlanta. Desmond Ritter has been benched yet again to try to get the Falcons' offense going. Meanwhile, Shane Steichen and his Colts are in the playoffs right now and need a win to stay there. Give me the Colts. Seattle at Tennessee. The Seahawks are riding high after their comeback win over Philly on Monday Night Football, and the Titans are in the way of them getting back in the playoff race. Give me the Seahawks. Washington at the Jets. It's this week's Tank Bowl where neither fan base wants their team to win for better draft position. I think the Commanders fan base are going to get their wish here. Give me the Jets. Green Bay at Carolina. Both of Carolina's win came on last-second field goals at home. Hopefully Green Bay can do better so my Bears keep the number one pick. Give me the Packers begrudgingly. Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. A late-season battle between first-place South teams. Who gets the win and hangs on to their division lead? I like the Jaguars here. Arizona at Chicago. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals come to Chicago fresh off their loss to the 49ers, while the Bears are in search of redemption after another choke job last week. I don't like it. Give me the Bears. New England at Denver. At this point, the Patriots are just running out the string, while the Broncos still have slim playoff hopes to play for. Give me the Broncos. Vegas at Kansas City. It's odd that we go into a Chiefs game where their offense isn't the one to worry about. Can the Raiders get anywhere near to what they did last week against the Chargers? I don't think so. Give me the Chiefs. Giants at Philadelphia. Philly lost three straight and really needs a win here. And they have three easy games in front of them. All they have to do is be themselves and win. Give me Philly. And there you go, guys. Week 16, all-out blitz, all 12 games. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting week, man, because the the playoff races are tightening up. And, and like I said, for a majority of this season, we've kind of been, you know, I don't want to say belittling, but, you know, really getting after the NFL because we're not seeing really great football. Uh, you know, there's a lot of mid-teams uh, out there. But, you know, here it is as we're getting – to the in the, into the stretch run here. We're in the last quarter of the season. It's making for some really interesting situations going into these last uh, three weeks. I mean, I can't wait to see what we're looking at next week or even, God forbid, week 18, which is usually a throwaway week for a lot of teams. I feel like there's going to be a lot on the line uh, going in, into week 18 with the way that everything is setting up uh, right now. So for, all the, uh, so for all the guff we want to give the NFL for – uh, how unimpressive the, some of the football has been. And, you know, there's a lot of 500 or worse teams in the league. Like I said, it's it's leveling out, and it's making for some really interesting playoff situations uh, here in the last few weeks uh, of the season. So, yeah, it, it's it's working out, basically, is what I'm saying. It all kind of worked out. So, uh, yeah, so that's your all-out blitz. Let's go ahead and get into this week's pick six and the four big games for week 16.
Pick six for week number 16. It depresses me that it's already week 16. You know, Christmas is on Monday. The big holiday weekend is this weekend. We got New Year's the week after that. Then the season is over. Then, you know, most of the teams are done. And then we get the playoff run. And there's Super Bowl will be here before you know it. And the season will be over. And then it'll be six months of sadness before the preseason comes around again. Not looking forward to that at all. It's it's the longest offseason in sports. And even though the NFL stays pretty active with free agency and all the draft talk and everything uh, in between, it's like once the draft is over, I always call it the the vast wasteland uh, between the draft and the start of preseason. That's like the longest six, seven weeks of the year. And it's only six or seven weeks, but it's like all the waiting and leading up to the draft and then the draft finally here. And it's euphoria for a couple of days while we go through uh, you know, while we go through for the weekend, for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the weekend, it's nothing but football, and we're talking about football and who our new players are and all that kind of stuff. And then you get to the day after the draft, and it's like, eh. it's like, yeah, an OTA start, but we don't get to watch and root during OTAs and things like that. It's just, you know, hopefully we're getting a, a late season, uh, a late off season trade or uh, a signing for that veteran who didn't sign with anyone during free agency and. Yeah, then it just uh, it gets ugly after that. So, But nonetheless, here we are, pick six for week number 16. We start with Detroit at Minnesota. It's the first matchup of the year. there, And there are at least two that I know of that this is the case because Detroit and Minnesota are playing right now, or not right now, but this week in week 16, and then they play again week 18, which means they went virtually the entire season without playing each other. And they'll play twice in the last three weeks. The Giants and the Eagles are doing the exact same thing. The Giants and the Eagles are the early game on Monday afternoon um, and uh, before the, the, the Baltimore 49er game at the, on, for the nightcap. And then they'll play again week 18 to finish off the, uh, the season. It's like I'm, I, don't, uh, I didn't notice if there, was another, if there was one of those on the AFC side uh, or anything like that, but there are two on the NFC side, and this is uh, – this is one of them, and these are games that the Vikings have to have, and you wonder if that will change their approach uh, at all. Nick Mullins is going to be the quarterback once again, so it's not like after a one-week slap on the wrist, Josh Dobbs gets his job back. Nope, it's going to be uh, Nick Mullins uh, for the foreseeable uh, future. You got Jaron Hall as the backup, so right now Dobbs went from being the man to being the emergency guy that only plays if the first two the first two quarterbacks have to get hurt for Josh Dobbs to find his way uh, onto the field. And uh, last week, the Lions rebounded uh, from their loss in Chicago by dismantling the Broncos. It was a quiet first quarter, and then six of their next seven drives, they scored touchdowns to make it an easy 42-17 win over the Broncos. Uh, the Vikings came up just short in Cincinnati in overtime, thanks to a couple of Mullins interceptions uh, in that one, which didn't really affect much of the end of the game, but really killed scoring opportunities early in the game. Like I've, The Vikings were up 17-3 to at one point in this football game, and instead they should have been up something in the area of 24-31-3 to to for the opportunities that were spoiled um, by, the, uh, by the interceptions that Mullins threw uh, in that first half. So... Yeah, bad, bad, bad. Never a good time to turn over the football, but when you're 
when you're on the doorstep and then you turn the football over, those tend to hurt more than uh, than regular turnovers. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, for that one, those were tough. But what was surprising me is that I was looking things over here, and the uh, the Lions are ten and four, and they're a team that's just as good at home as they are on the road. They're five and two in both locations, five and two on the road, five and two. At home, the Vikings are five, are seven and seven, and they're actually better on the road than they are at home. They're five and three on the road, so that game in Detroit, you know, will uh, will be contested. But uh, this, uh, they're two and four at home this season, and so the Vikings are usually a really good home team, and this year they have been anything but. You know, they've lost games. Uh, you know, to the Bears uh, at home. They lost early in the season to the Chargers, you know, things like these are some bad losses uh, going forward. And, um, you know, like I said, usually the Dome is a very scary place to go uh, and play the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium uh, and whatnot, but not so far this year. And this is a game the Vikings have to have if they want that Week 18 matchup to mean anything. So because they, if they lose this one, then they are four games back with two to play. Right now they're three to they're three back with three to play, and uh, you know if they lose, then then the Vikings are seven and eight, the the Lions are seven are eleven and four, and then the Vikings are just praying that someone will fall in the playoffs that that people ahead of them in the the six and seven seed in the NFC uh, fall apart behind them. So because um, you know I think the Vikings are still in. Right now, let me uh, pull that up real quick in the uh, in the playoff standings in the NFC. Yeah, the Vikings are six right now, but with the Rams at seven and seven, the Seahawks at seven and seven, the Saints at C- uh, at seven and seven, none of those teams are playing each other this weekend. Well, actually, the Rams and the and the Saints are playing each other, so that one could be big. They're playing each other tonight on Thursday. But the Seahawks are, who are the Seahawks playing? I just talked about it in the Blitz. The Seahawks are playing the Titans. Yeah. So, and, you know, so it's like this is, uh, they're all in a position here that, uh, you know, there's uh, there's not going to be a lot of room for error. The Vikings lose this weekend. They're likely to be, they're going to be out of the playoff race. They're going to be on the outside looking in with a losing record. And let's see, they're already... They're five and four in the conference, so they'll be five and five. They can't afford to lose. They can't afford to lose. So that Saints Rams game is huge tonight. Uh, you know, and they could be behind teams like the Falcons and the Pan- and the Packers, who are both playing winnable games this weekend. I mean, hell, the Packers are playing the most winnable game. They're playing Carolina uh, this weekend, uh, and despite being eight and six, the Colts are no juggernaut or anything like that. And the game is in Atlanta where, where where the Falcons play their best football. I know I picked the Colts, but the the Falcons are not, you know, writing that one off uh at all. So um you know, it's like the Vikings could go from being the 6 seed to falling way back in the uh in the playoff seeds and come down to uh tiebreakers and stuff like that just to be the next team on the outside uh right now. So it's a really touchy situation. The Vikings Never mind winning the division. The Vikings need this game just to stay in the playoffs because they're in right now, but one loss could jettison. They could be the Steelers of Week 16 
where it's like, hey, we're the sixth seed. We're, you know, there's a team behind us in the playoff race right now, but you mess around and lose this game, and all of a sudden you've got four teams ahead of you before you can make the playoffs again. That's the kind of situation the Vikings are looking at uh, if they come up short uh, in this game. So, and I think the Vikings have a better shot than a lot of people think, you know, especially with the way the Lions played last weekend. They were pissed and they went and they took it out on the uh, on the Broncos. They hadn't been playing good defense for the last month. Uh, you know, the two games against the Bears, they gave up 26-plus points uh, in both games. Even in a winning effort against the Saints, they gave up 28 points uh, in that one. So it was a game where they had to hang on uh, at the end. The offense has been doing fine. It's the defense that's been kind of worrisome. The good news is, despite having explosive uh, opportunities and good players with Addison and Hawkinson, they're running the ball fairly well. They have a good offensive line. It really is going to come down to how well Nick Mullins uh, plays and how well he manages this uh, this offense. And uh, the key for them is to stay on the field, to eat up as much clock as humanly possible to give the Lions as few chances and as few time, as little time, to uh, move the ball down the field. Because they themselves, with Amon Ross St. Brown, Montgomery and Gibbs in the backfield, Sam Laporte is having an outstanding uh, rookie year, and they probably have, at the worst, the second-best offensive line uh, in, in our division uh, in the NFC North. It, uh, it could be a close matchup, especially with it being on the road uh, and everything. You're going to get that Minnesota Skull crowd uh, going uh, on Sunday. I'm excited to, uh, to check this one out. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be going on the same time as the, uh, as the Bear game, so I won't be able. No, actually, what am I saying? The Bears play at 3. On Sunday, so yeah, I'll probably be able to check this one out, and that's if it isn't a is it a Saturday game? No, it's a noon noon kickoff on. Uh, yeah, the Saturday games are Cincy and uh, Cincy and Pittsburgh, and Buffalo and the Chargers. Those are the Saturday games, and then everything else is Sunday. So Vikings Lions that's noon on Sunday, or at least noon here in the Midwest. So yeah, that'll be the one that I'm watching. Uh, on on Sunday for sure, just to see. Because I'm also, thanks to my good friend Jeremy Reisman, I'm living vicariously through the Lions uh, at this point. With the Bears five games back of Detroit at five and nine, you know, it's like we still have a, a like a .01 chance to make the playoffs, but that's if literally everything else goes wrong for everyone in front of us, and the Bears have to keep winning. So that's the one thing the Bears haven't been able to do this season is to sustain a winning uh, culture. So we find ways to gloriously lose football games, uh, and everything. So, but, um, I think it'll be a tough one. Uh, but I do like the lions to win on Sunday against the Vikings. (laughs) Cleveland at Houston. This is a game in Houston where the Texans have, uh, surprisingly, I, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, I would have told you that the, the Texans, are better at home than they are on the road. But the Texans are like the Lions. They're 8 and 6 and they're 4 and 3 on the road. They're 4 and 3 uh at home. The key here is the Browns are 9 and 5 but they are 8 and 1 at home, which means they are 1 and 4 on the road so far this season. 
or maybe is is it seven and one? Seven and one. So they're two and four on the road this season. So four of their five losses have come at another people's buildings. And right now, CJ Stroud is not expected to play, still dealing with that concussion from the Jets game two weeks ago. So that must have been a hell of a hit. Uh, so no Stroud, Nico Collins, or Will Anderson versus Tennessee this past Sunday. So keeping an eye on the injury report as we get closer to the game is key. You know, the Browns' defense will cause all kinds of problems, especially if it's not the nimble and pocket escape E C.J. Stroud back there. Case Keenum is a veteran. He's seen a lot of fire. He's been in big games, uh, you know, whether it was with the Vikings or anybody else. Uh, he's done well, and he's bounced around a lot in this league. He's seen and done a lot. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to handle this uh, this uh, this pass rush from the uh, from the Browns. The Bears just barely, you know, it's Fields only got sacked twice uh, in the game, and God bless him. Case Keenum is no Justin Fields as far as being able to scramble and you know flee the pocket and things like that. Uh, it, um, I mean, I like the Browns in this one, but this game was intriguing to me because the Browns are such a good football team, but have found ways to lose football games on the road, uh, this year in, and you know, some of the games that they've, uh, lost, let me pull up their schedule here real quick. Yeah. Losing at the Broncos. That's not pretty. They lost to Seattle, not the easiest place to win. Football games, but, you know, they lost that first game at the Steelers uh, in week two where they lost Nick Chubb. They gave that game away more than the Steelers won it. That was the one where the the the, the Brown defense held the Steelers' offense to 12 points, but the defense scored 14 points because of a pick six and a uh, scoop and score uh, by T.J. Watt uh, in that one. That's how the, Bengal, or the Browns lost that first matchup uh, to the Steelers. And, uh, you know, and oh, that was preseason. I was like, man, they lost to the Commanders, but then they lost back-to-back games to the Broncos and the Rams. Not the worst losses because both of those teams are 500 teams that are either in the playoffs in the Rams' case or like the Broncos knocking on the door for the playoffs. So the losses themselves haven't been ugly. It's just that, you know, even the Steelers, 7-7, seven and seven, they haven't gone out and done what the, uh, like the Texans, who've lost games on the road to the Panthers and the Jets who are losing football teams that otherwise, you know, would have lost to just about anybody else uh, on those days and everything. It's not that these are bad losses. It's just that being on the road seems to be some kind of disadvantage uh, for the Browns. And here they are going into Houston against a team that's only a game behind them uh, in the playoffs right now, but it's also a team that is fighting to get in. Houston's on the outside uh, of the playoff race uh, right now. Houston is the nine seed, eight seed. They're the they're the first team in right now. So yeah, this is huge uh, for them. They are one of the four teams at eight and six. Cincy at six, uh, Colts at seven. Houston is the eight seed, and Buffalo is the nine at, at eight and six. And both of these teams. Um, if they win, could likely be in the playoffs uh, trying to keep other teams out for the final two weeks uh, of the year. So this is a huge, huge game for the Texans. 
but they could likely be going into this one extremely shorthanded um, if Nico Collins and Will Anderson uh, don't make an appearance uh, in this one and C.J. Stroud doesn't have some kind of miraculous turnaround in the next couple of days, it could be rough. And that's why I like the Browns uh, in this one. Flacco is playing inspired football right now for somebody who was on his couch four weeks ago. Uh, the defense was outstanding uh, against the Bears last week, which isn't extremely hard to do, but they were tenacious throughout. They shut the Bears out in the fourth quarter, really shut down. Actually, they kind of shut down the offense, period. Because the touchdown that the offense scored on their own was thanks to a pick six from our defense when we started at the one-yard line, and even we made that look impossible. Our only scoring drive led to a field goal, and don't even get me started on the two field goals that Eberflus passed on uh, to go for it or go for a Hail Mary or whatever. We still should have won that game. Mooney dropped the – don't get me started. Anyway, I just like the Browns. I love their defense. This is the time of year where defenses kind of start to take over. So give me the Browns over the Texans, although don't count the Texans out. They they shouldn't have won last week in Tennessee, and they found a way to get it done, even being extremely (laughs) shorthanded. Dallas at Miami. This game is extremely interesting. And not just because it's two 10 and four teams, but because it's the team that is terrible on the road, aka Dallas, versus the team that struggles against winning teams, aka Miami. So while Miami's at home and they've only lost one game on the road, one game at home all season, that Monday nighter against the Tennessee Titans, which any, no one can really explain what the hell happened other than they just fell apart. And then you have the Cowboys, who are 8 0 at home but 2 and 4 on the road including 3 and 4 on the road including the savage beating at the hands of the Bills last weekend and why that was so important is that honestly with Mike McDonald the head coach of the Dolphins being as smart a guy as he is and such a shrewd uh, play caller he's got to be drooling over that Buffalo tape because Buffalo practically ignored the passing game in this, in that football game, with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis and the other, uh, the two awesome Titan uh, Knox and and Kincaid that they have at tight end, and the star of the football game was James Cook, who ran for 179 yards on route to over 250 yards rushing uh, against the Cowboys, and you know Mike McDonald just happens to have Raheem Mostert, who scored 20 touchdowns so far this season, and. Uh, uh, HN, the running back, who's also, if you know, it's honestly probably a better running back than than Mostert has been this season. So far more explosive as far as big plays uh, and everything. So he doesn't have just one James Cook; he's got two, and an offensive line that that has been good at opening the holes. It's like if I would not be surprised to see a similar stat line than uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was like 9 of 17 for 95 yards and a touchdown. You would think that if you looked at that stat line, that the Bills must have gotten killed if uh, if Allen only had 95 yards passing in the game. No way they won. No, they not only did they win, they won by three touchdowns, 31 to 10. This game wasn't close. It never was because they just ran the ball straight down Dallas's throat the entire game. And like I said, while Miami is is kind of like the Cowboys of the AFC, where they don't really have any wins against uh, winning football teams this season, 
it's not their fault. And same thing for the Cowboys. It's not their fault they have a weak schedule uh, in front of them, but it is certainly their fault that they can't seem to step up uh, against the uh, against the big guns. But let's see the uh, the four losses for the um, Dolphins, Buffalo Bills in Week Four, forty eight to twenty, big blowout there. Uh, loss at the Eagles, thirty one to seventeen. Okay. They lost to the Chiefs. That was over in London. That was technically a home game, but it's not. Um, so they were the home team in their one, but it's nobody's at home in that one. It's just so it goes against their home record, but that's I'm not counting it against their home record. But that's to the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, and then the only bad loss of the four was that Monday nighter in Miami two weeks ago. Uh, to the Titans, where they had the 14-point lead in, in the final minute of the game and, and somehow managed to uh, to lose it. And their wins, they have two against the Jets, Commanders, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos, and the, the other Patriots. They beat the Patriots twice, and the Chargers. So not a winning team in the bunch, not one except for the Broncos, who are a 500 team. Everybody else is a losing team. That's not their fault, but it is what it is. The stats, the, the in this case, the stats don't lie. So Miami's uh, next three games are all against winning teams. The Cowboys this week, the Bills next week, or excuse me, the Cowboys this week, the Ravens next week, and the Bills to close out the season. So, yeah, this these last three games are a bitch. For the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bills. Meanwhile, the uh, the uh, the Cowboys are terrible on the road. They are three and four on the road this season. Their uh, three road wins are against lousy football teams, as we mentioned before. Uh, until they beat the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago, they hadn't beat a winning team all season, and uh, but they beat Seattle. In Dallas, they beat the Philly a couple weeks ago in Dallas. And now they're going on the road, and their big road wins this season against the Giants, atrocious, the Chargers, atrocious, Carolina, the definition of atrocious. So the only thing good about these wins is that they do what you're supposed to do when you're a good football team and you're playing a bad one. They won huge. Uh, against the Giants and the Panthers, it was combined, what, 82 to 14 or something crazy like that. And the Chargers was a, well, the Chargers weren't a bad football team at the time. They were, I think, a 500 team when they played, uh, and they won that one 20 to 17. So they just got by uh, against the uh, against the Chargers. But, you know, of the, um, you know, we talked about Miami's losses and everything. So it's, I honestly, I love the Dolphins in this game. I really do. Not just because it's a road team, but because the Dolphins can easily do what Buffalo did. Because you were, that's the thing. It was like you weren't expecting that from Buffalo. You were expecting Buffalo. It's going to be Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, the tight ends. Maybe you sprinkle in some runs here and there. But Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the, uh, for the Bills, just noticed. And he did what all great play callers do. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to keep running this until you guys figure out how to stop it. It's like, give me a reason to call a passing play because he didn't have to. He called something like 40 runs 
against the uh, against the Cowboys, and James Cook became an overnight sensation, running for 180 yards uh, in that football game. And Josh Allen, who's the biggest, who's the face of the franchise, the star of that team, was an afterthought in that game. Nine of 17, 95 yards and a touchdown. This, come on. You throw for 95 yards, your team got their asses kicked, not the other way around. I mean, they absolutely dominated. And when they want to go to the passing game, they have hopefully a healthy Tyreek Hill. He missed that game against the uh, Jets on Sunday with the ankle injury. But they also have Jalen Waddle and Braxton Berrios, and, and you know that's when they want to throw the ball. They have Tua, who's one of the most accurate passers in football right now, and and, and that's if they just run a, get away from Mostert and HN, uh, just ramming the ball down uh, Dallas's throat. I am very much looking forward uh, to this game. The Dolphins need to make a statement that they're for real, and I think by beating the Cowboys, that would be a solid statement uh, made. So I like the Dolphins here. I just think they're the the Cowboys didn't have an answer for Buffalo's running game, and the Dolphins' running game is vastly superior to Buffalo's. So uh, yeah, I uh, I like the Dolphins big time here. <laughs> and then finally, the big big main event of the entire week, the Monday night matchup. It's Baltimore at San Francisco, both the top seed in their respective conferences. Is this a Super Bowl preview? The conspiracy theorists who believe that there's an NFL script out there somewhere uh, keep going crazy over the fact that the NFL uh, Super Bowl logo is purple and red. And what are the primary colors of these two teams that are playing on Sunday? Purple and red. So they have, because last year's Super Bowl logo was green and red, and it was the Chiefs and the Eagles, and, you know, so that's, of course, how that's supposed to uh, work out. So, yeah, it's already been preordained. It's going to be Baltimore and San Francisco, and that's what the uh, the NFL script uh, conspiracy theorists would have you believe. But um, this is a major matchup for the uh, for the Ravens with Miami coming up next week, which could be for the top seed in the NFC going into Week 18. Uh, meanwhile, this is just a tough matchup for San Francisco before they finish up with Washington and the Rams uh, after this. So this very much will be a whoever makes the fewest mistakes wins kind of football game because both teams are advantageous teams that will make you pay for mistakes. And they are both good enough to make you pay for every mistake that you make. That's how savage the 49ers have been the last six weeks. They won. They were 5-0. and They were easily the best team in the league the first month and a half. And then they went on a three-game losing streak that no one could quite figure out. And obviously the big problems there were that the 49ers, the efficient, very clean 49ers started turning over the football. Brock Purdy fumbling the football, throwing multiple interceptions, and they go on a three-game losing streak into their bye week. But ever since they come out of the bye week, I think I counted four turnovers over the last six weeks. Something like that. Or four four interceptions from Purdy over the last six weeks. And obviously none of them have been killers because the 49ers have dominated those six games uh, to easily come, uh, come away with, with the wins there. So they're the home team uh, this week. And I like the 49ers. I do. Uh, the Ravens. Of these two teams, the Ravens are far shakier 
uh, of the two. They've managed to eke out wins. And, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, they probably should have lost to the Rams, but they were the never-say-die team. They came back, they sent it to overtime, and then they won it in overtime on the uh, punt return uh, to win the uh, to win the game. But this has been a team that you could easily argue instead of being 11-3, and three, maybe they should be 8-6 and six, if not for a few breaks. You know, like the football gods have definitely been on their side this season. Let's run through their schedule real quick and take a look. Um, yeah, that loss week three to the Colts, they should have won that game. They lost to Gardner Minshew uh, in that one. You know, that, that game against the Steelers, now granted that was in Pittsburgh, but that was the game where they had that one in hand and they just couldn't get out of their own way as far as delivering the killer blow that would have put the Steelers away. Next thing you know, Kenny Pickett finds George Pickens for a touchdown, and they've got the lead, and they walk away with the with the win there. Um, you had that win against the Cardinals a few weeks ago, 31-24, to way more exciting than you should in a game against one of the worst teams uh, in the league this year. But they rebounded with a 37-3 trashing of the uh, Seahawks the following week. Then they had that collapse against the Browns. Uh, a few weeks ago, they, uh, you know, had to had to pull away late uh, against the Chargers. Then you have the Rams game. So this is a team that seems a little bit more vulnerable, although they're also the most resilient team uh, in the league because these games, and I'm really reaching for examples here, <laughs> but in the even in these examples, these are games where, you know, in the end, the Ravens did what was needed. This is this is not a team that uh, you know is is like others where oh well if if they weren't getting all the calls, no way they win this game. You don't hear that about the about the Ravens and you know their their good fortune when they managed to win uh, a football game. It was like man, John Harbaugh just kept his guys in the fight and they went out there and they won the football game. So I don't count the Ravens out. This is likely going to be another one of those games where it's like. Oh, maybe I put like four points on the 49ers in the confidence uh, game uh, and everything. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely picking the 49ers. They're the home team, and I just feel like they are playing just outstanding lights-out football. But I won't be surprised if I wake up Tuesday morning and find out that the Ravens uh, won this game. So it'll definitely be an interesting review episode. Um, I just kind of want to put it out there. Uh, now that, uh, oh, by the way, let me do this real quick. I'm taking the 49ers on Monday night. Back to what I was trying to say is that um, because of the holiday, I'm not going to do an in-depth um, review episode next week. Um, it's like I may, you know, do some uh, some commentary in the opening segment or anything, but n- next week and maybe the following week, week 17's uh, review episode. And this is my plan right now because Monday is Christmas that I likely won't put the episode out until, you know, midday on Tuesday. And maybe I'll do a full-blown episode, but right now I'm leaning towards just doing, you know, some commentary for, you know, early on with the just some comments like I did at the start of this show and then all-out blitz so I can get back to uh, the family and celebrating the holiday and 
uh, and all that kind of stuff. So just want to give you a heads up. Don't be surprised if uh, Tuesday's review episode isn't uh, as in-depth as regular uh, episodes. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the holidays, so don't want to work too hard on the holidays. And one of the games that we're featuring is the Monday night game. So we'll see, but we'll see. But I'm not going to record the episode until likely Tuesday morning. Uh, so it won't be there first thing uh, like it usually is. So uh, just keep an eye on it for, you know, midday, late morning, early afternoon. Uh, the episode should drop, and it may just be an all-out blitz uh, episode. So anyway, guys, uh, happy holidays. Enjoy uh, the weekend. Like I said, we got some really interesting games coming up this weekend. The Pick'em game is all but wrapped up, which means that right now I'm just fighting to get back into the top 10. I'm number 11 right now trying to get back into the top 10 of my own goddamn pick em game and it's you guys are making it impossible so screw all you guys <laughs> but i love you all for playing it's been really fun uh keeping track uh of all of that and uh and everything and um come back tomorrow on friday when we have the bears cardinals preview uh joe como from the cardinal rule podcast will be joining us to preview uh the matchup and uh what we can expect from the bears and cardinals in Soldier Field on Sunday. So come back for that tomorrow. And if not, enjoy your holidays. We'll talk to you soon. My name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase, and we will see you next time.